welcome to Arbitral Insights, a podcast series brought to you by our international arbitration practice lawyers here at Reed Smith. I'm Jose Estigarraga, Global Head of Reed Smith's International Arbitration Practice. I hope you enjoy the industry commentary, insights, and anecdotes we share with you in the course of this series, wherever in the world you are. If you have any questions about any of the topics discussed, please do contact our speakers. And with that, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Reed Smith's Arbitral Insights series. I'm joined today by my colleague, Victoria Spilkin, one of our senior associates. Hello, Victoria. Good afternoon, Gautam. And we're going to be talking to you today about the ICC's expedited arbitration procedure and giving you some practical experiences that we've had. Victoria and I have recently done a case where we utilize this procedure and we thought it would be useful if we could take you through some of our practical experiences and how this procedure can be utilized in appropriate cases, even if they don't fit within the specific criteria of the ICC's expedited procedure. So on that footing, Victoria, I wonder if you could first of all just give our listeners a summary of the origin of the ICC's expedited arbitration procedure. Sure. The expedited procedure provisions are a relatively new concept. The ICC's expedited procedure came into force on the 1st of March 2017. The expedited procedure provisions are found at Article 30 of the ICC rules and in the articles appearing in Appendix 6. Historically, as you know, Gautam, a lack of speed has been one of the least popular features of arbitration. The expedited procedure rules were established out of a desire on the part of arbitration users for greater transparency over how long it would take to receive an award. Thank you, Victoria. And, you know, those issues about timing and how long arbitration takes are certainly very, very important. And and as you say, that's one of the key reasons why these sorts of provisions exist. So, Victoria, when do the ICC's expedited provisions apply? They're they're relatively unusual in that they apply automatically if if the following three conditions are satisfied. So first, if the arbitration agreement was concluded after the 1st of March 2017. Second, the amount in dispute does not exceed 2 million US dollars or going forward 3 million US dollars if the arbitration agreement was concluded on or after the 1st of January 2021. And finally, if the parties have not opted out of the expedited procedure rules in the arbitration agreement or any time thereafter. The the ICC's expedited procedure provisions will also apply irrespective of the date of conclusion of the arbitration agreement or the amount in dispute if the parties have expressly agreed to opt in. However, even where the ICC's expedited provisions do not apply automatically, parties may still apply for proceedings to be conducted on an expedited basis where the facts of the dispute so lend themselves. So, for example, an application to bring a dispute under the expedited procedure provisions may be appropriate where speed is vital for commercial reasons or in circumstances where the dispute is perhaps relatively straightforward. Thanks, Victoria. And do you know that last bit there that you spoke about, about where the expedited procedure rules may apply where there are important commercial reasons was one of the factors that lay behind our recent case where we were able to bring an arbitration dispute for our client within 
these provisions, even though they technically fell outside of the specific requirements that you mentioned a moment ago. And I think one of the key lessons for our listeners to this podcast is that where a case is particularly urgent or where there are important commercial factors, this procedure can well be utilised if the parties either agree or one of the parties applies to the ICC. And although we can't talk about the case that we've recently done in any detail, Victoria, it was, as you know, a corporate joint venture dispute where timing was very important, where the dispute, if it had dragged on for 18 months to two years, would have caused significant commercial issues for the operation of the joint venture. And so we were able, for the client's benefit, to bring the the dispute within these expedited provisions, and the other side agreed to that. So, well, thank you for that previous summary, Victoria. So when would these provisions not be suitable? Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of a reverse of, of what we've just talked about, Gotam. The, the ICC's expedited provisions wouldn't apply if the arbitration agreement was conducted before the 1st of March 2017. And similarly, if the parties have agreed to opt out of the expedited procedure provisions, then, then the provisions will generally not apply. And in addition, the court may, so upon the request of a party or, or of its own motion, determine that it's inappropriate to apply the expedited procedure. Any request by a party to disapply the expedited procedure should be made before the constitution of the tribunal. Thanks, Victoria. And so, you know, just now just talking about the tribunal, the arbitration clause in most cases will either provide for a sole arbitrator or three arbitrators. And I wonder whether you might just explain how the expedited procedure provisions might affect the constitution of the tribunal. Absolutely. In short, the court may appoint a sole arbitrator, even though the arbitration agreement in the contract expressly specifies a panel of three. The court may unusually still appoint three arbitrators if appropriate in the particular circumstances. However, in the vast majority of disputes conducted under the ICC's expedited procedure provisions, the tribunal consists of a sole arbitrator. And in all cases, as you'd expect, the court will invite the parties to comment in writing before taking any decision. Thank you, Victoria. And and just a point of clarification, the, the, the court that you referred to there is the ICC Court of Arbitration, isn't it? It is, yes. Thank you. Because I know that's just, a, it's one of these technical things where the ICC Court, as you mentioned, oversees the procedure and will assist the parties to get everything in place. So I wonder then, Victoria, if we could just turn on to the next issue, which is about procedure. How might the expedited procedure provisions affect the procedure in an arbitration, which falls within it? Yeah, in general, the procedure is simplified. So so under the ICC's expedited procedure provisions, a case management conference must take place within 15 days after the date on which the file was transmitted to the tribunal. In addition, in cases where the expedited procedure provisions apply, once the tribunal is appointed, the parties may not raise new claims without the tribunal's authorisation. As you know, Gautam, in ordinary arbitration proceedings, the effort involved in agreeing the terms of reference often results in considerable delays. And as a result of that, no terms of reference are actually required in an expedited ICC arbitration. 
And further, when a dispute proceeds under the expedited procedure, the timetable is likely to be truncated with shorter deadlines. Whilst the expedited provisions do not expressly limit the number of written submissions a party can make, the tribunal has a broad discretion to adopt appropriate procedural measures, including restricting the production of documents and evidence. The tribunal may also, for example, limit the length of witness statements or the party's written submissions. And finally, when operating under the ICC's expedited procedure, the tribunal has discretion to decide the the case on documents only, so without a hearing. Yes, and that can be very important because, as you say, that'll ensure the whole process takes a lot less time. So, again, on sticking on timing then, how long will it take to get an award if a case was to proceed under the ICC's expedited procedure provisions? The final award is to be rendered within six months from the case management conference. And an advantage for parties is that extensions to this are intended to be granted only in the most exceptional of circumstances. So I think another sort of important practical consideration for clients is what the advantages and disadvantages are of this expedited procedure. Because clearly, there will be some times when it's very appropriate and some when it's not going to be appropriate. But ultimately, a party may have no choice if they've agreed to this already in their contract. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, first of all, some of the advantages of this procedure, and then maybe if you could then carry on and tell us about some of the disadvantages, please. Sure. I think from a client's point of view, the key advantage of the expedited procedure is often speed. So even though the award is to be rendered within six months of the case management conference, the award will still state the reasons on which it's based. So parties benefit from a reasoned award with reduced delay. In our experience, the ICC's expedited procedure provisions can be a useful commercial tool to deploy to prevent a party from being able to draw out the dispute resolution process and frustrate the commercial purpose of the arbitration agreement. There are also those several potential disadvantages that we and our clients are aware of. The parties may need to accept a vastly simplified process with tight deadlines and ultimately the the parties may simply not be able to meet those very tight deadlines in complex cases. Taken to its extreme, the potential consequence is that the procedural restrictions on time limits, submissions, hearings and evidence could potentially lead parties to argue, so in setting aside or enforcement proceedings, that their rights have been infringed. A further perceived disadvantage for some clients is that the tribunal may decide the dispute on the documents alone, so without a hearing. And depending on the nature of the dispute, some clients do feel that this restricts them from being able to properly and fully argue or defend their position. And then finally, the ICC court may decide that the expedited procedure provisions will no longer apply to the case. This decision can be taken at any time during the proceedings, so on the court's own own motion or upon the request of a party. And this potential uncertainty can be unsettling for parties. Thanks, Victoria. And another important thing is obviously costs. You know, clients in cases increasingly now in the COVID era are increasingly focused on on costs. So tell us a little bit about the effect of the exercise procedure on costs, please. Yeah, the the ambit of the provisional advance is slightly different when a dispute is determined under the ICC's expedited procedure. So the payment of a provisional advance is ordinarily intended to cover the cost of the arbitration until the terms of reference are completed. 
But in the case of ICC arbitrations proceeding under the expedited procedure provisions, it covers costs until the case management conference. And a further potential advantage from a cost perspective is that the fees of the arbitrator may be lower under the ICC's expedited rules. A reduced scale of costs applies to the expedited procedure. However, it does appear that only the arbitrator's fees are reduced in expedited proceedings and not the administrative expenses. Thanks, Victoria. And I think the last point I'd just like to cover with you, please, is if you could just tell our listeners in summary some of the key takeaways from our podcast today so that they can have some practical thoughts in their mind as they're considering this possibility of an expedited procedure. There can be real advantages of the ICC's expedited procedure rules uh, from the point of view of commerciality, speed and cost efficiency, as we've discussed today. However, I think parties incorporating the ICC rules in their arbitration agreement should be mindful at the stage of contract drafting that the expedited procedure provisions will apply automatically in certain cases, as we've mentioned. A distinctive feature of the ICC rules 2021 and also the 2017 ICC rules is that the expedited provisions will take precedence over any contrary terms of the arbitration agreement where the expedited procedure applies. It can, as we've discussed already, override an express agreement in the arbitration agreement that there be a three-member panel. And arguably, this provision could be seen to limit party autonomy in the sense that parties may not be fully aware of what they've agreed to. Parties may not be aware that the ICC's expedited provisions can apply automatically, and they may not be aware of the requirements to opt out in order to avoid this. And I think from from our point of view, this is why sound commercial legal advice at the time of contract drafting is so critical. Thank you very much for your very helpful summary of the ICC's expedited procedure and for sharing some of these practical tips about it. Thank you, Gaeta. Arbitral Insights is a Reed Smith production. Our producer is Ali McArdle. For more information about Reed Smith's global international arbitration practice, email Joseas de Garaga at jia at reedsmith.com. You can find our podcasts on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, reedsmith.com, and our social media accounts at Reedsmith LLP on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast is provided for educational purposes. It does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. All rights reserved.